You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw. Blitz coming. They get to him. Oh, he picks off running. And he's in. Touchdown Miami. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. What is good, Finn Nation? What's good? It's your boy Reason, and we're back for another one. I didn't even ask you before it went live, Neil. I don't know if you guys can hear it in my voice, but your boy is under the weather right now. And we welcome you back to another episode of Finn Too Deep. we got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to have some draft talk. We're going to talk about some Tua. We're going to talk some Ogba. We're going to talk some Bobby Wagner because we know everyone want to hear our thoughts on that. Neil's going to give his thoughts on Fangio and, well, Fangio's higher, latest higher, because you guys haven't heard his thoughts on that yet. So we got a lot to go over tonight. Um, and we're also going to talk about something that I think needs to be talked about. You know, what should be the first priority in free agent in terms of upgrading a unit? So we'll talk about all that stuff tonight. Neil, besides all of that, man, before we get into it all, how are you doing right now? How are you feeling? Man, because I don't know about you, but I've been saying it on my show and Man, it's a good time to be a Dolphin as we watch a coach put together quietly one of the best staffs in the NFL. When you look across the pond, and you said it before I went live, they might have gotten Sean Payton, but you got a team like Denver with all those pieces. They're having yet another bad offseason, and we continue building in the right direction. How are you feeling, Neil? Uh, you know, I, I think the Miami Dolphins are becoming a, a destination, um, which yep. is something we've seen with players. Uh, the Tyree Kill move, obviously, Taron Armstead coming here on a contract, I think, way less than we all anticipated. And, you know, you, maybe you're not paying for 17 games, but, you know, he, he was way under market value. You, you land Vic Fangio. So for players and coaches, this this Dolphin franchise is becoming a destination. And, you know, you know, you'll see people say that it's South Beach, it's Miami, you know, no state tax. It's always been that. And people didn't want to come here as much before. I mean, you're starting to see it, you know, and, you know, I'm not going to talk a lot about Caleb Williams saying that he wants to be here. But when you have the best player in college football saying that the number one place he'd want to go is Miami, that says a lot about the culture, the coach, what Mike McDaniel's building here, um, you know, I, I think for people to go on Twitter and argue, uh, you know, what can we do to get them? I mean, I said this yesterday. The Dolphins are going to be closer to pick thirty-two than they are to pick one, and Caleb Williams is going number one overall. So it's not even—it's not even the discussion. And we have a quarterback, so like it, I don't even—we won't even have a shot to get Drake May, right? I, and I'm not even worried about like. See, I like—I'll be honest. I don't even—I'm not even scouting quarterbacks in the no, draft. I'm, I'm not even. Well, that's my—that's at- my thing, Neil. Like all the—and I said this yesterday when I—I I and I want to get your thoughts on this because you're kind of alluding to it. So let me just open the floodgates for you. What I said yesterday was all these people making it about getting Caleb Williams. And I mean, me and you on our show and me on Finside the NFL, I've been saying, listen, if two don't work out, this isn't the year to draft a quarterback. It's next year with Caleb Williams and Drake. We've been talking about these kids for quite some time. And my whole thing is I'm looking at a lot of these people, bro. A lot of these people ain't watched anything more than YouTube highlights after they saw that he wanted to, that he was interested in Miami. And why are all these people leaving out? Neil that he also said he'd want to go to San Fran, Las Vegas and Atlanta as well. And when you add us to the list, looks like Atlanta is going to be the closest one to one instead of us. But 
you know, you alluded to it, so let's just blow the gates off of it. Dude, while people are sitting here worried about switching the quarterback, me and you, we know they're moving forward with Tua. That's not the takeaway from the story, Neil. Am I wrong in saying that the real takeaway from the Caleb Williams story is players who aren't even in the league want to come here? What do you think that players in the league want to do? You yeah, look at Daryl Bevel turning down promotions. You look at, you know, you look at defensive court, defensive coordinator Ronaldo Hill taking a demotion to come here. It's the opposite, brother. Like, you know, don't look at we're going to get Caleb Williams. Look at it as wow, we are that we are becoming that destination again, Neil. And it's been a long time. Well, it's it's it does. I haven't seen a list that's come out that doesn't have Tua Tungavaloa as a top 10 quarterback. And these are for people that are pay, paid professionals. It doesn't mean their opinions any better than anyone who watches tape. I, I just think it's unbelievable that you have a bona fide top 10 quarterback and you spend majority of the offseason talking about how to replace them. And, and you know, I, I we went through it last offseason on Twitter. I, I'm not doing it this year because I know Tua is going to be the starter. I think he deserves that fifth-year tag. Um, at the end of the day, like, you know – we had all these mysterious big name quarterbacks that were supposed to be on the moves, right? Aaron Rodgers. Now it's rumored. He might stay in green Bay. Lamar Jackson's going to get held hostage by the franchise tag. You know, Derek Carr, uh, you know, a guy who I believe is not even on the same playing field as a guy like Tua Tungavaloa is going to probably get in a bid in war between the saints and the jets, right? Like who's going to be this great quarterback. That's going to be available. Is it going to be Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill never had the season. I think it's going to be a jet Neil. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny. It's like everyone's always worried about replacing someone instead of embracing someone, right? And the way I look at it is that Tua answered every question about his play on the field this year. Now he's just got to shut up everyone about the availability. And yeah, he's taking agreed. measures to do that, right? And, yeah. you know, I don't know anything about jiu-jitsu. Um, I got to be a brown belt at Kim's Karate when I was young, <laughs> and, and that's all I know. Uh, but, like – you know, I, I think it's awesome that Tua's taking that initiative to take. We'll on get something. into that. Yeah, we'll get yeah, it. We'll, we'll dive into that because that's one of the things I want to I want to talk about when we get into that situation is how he seriously deserves, he's taking it. Yeah, but he deserves credit for all he the does. work he does to get yeah. better. Like you know, every off season, he works to get better. Right. Like, there's no question about Tua's work ethic. Oh, I I see Alf's point. Alf said, one guy started talking about tanking on Twitter. You can guess who. Well, I can guess who, and I'm going to say this. Who any, ever saying that? Not even in the same comparison because I saw it. Well, you know, everyone said tank for Tua. What about tanking for – uh compare rosters in 2019 to the roster in 2023. Brother, you could go put Jay Fiedler back there. You're going to the playoffs, okay? Like, I don't know what people are, are, are thinking about here. So – like this roster is not a tankable roster. So that whole scenario being put on, was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, some people, they continue to stupefy me by finding new ways and new levels of idiocy. And I applaud them for it. Was he the so, guy that cheers for that elite quarterback in Philadelphia that fumbled a ball that led to a score and lost the team to the Super Bowl? Is that the, is that who, I am know. I right on the path thinking there? Well, I think it's the person who also called Josh Rosen a franchise quarterback at one point when he was here. So, yeah. you know, oh, that man. tells you all you need to know about that person's opinion on the position. Um, so let's um let's uh let's let's start all of this off. Um, <clears throat> the first thing I wanted to start off with, um, is Tua and 
um uh, all all of this all of this judo news because there is a new level that's come out and we'll just pull it up here um so who he's working with here if you go and we'll pull up the uh pro football talk right here so in late december after dolphins quarterback Tua Tungvaloa suffered his most recent concussion due to his helmet striking the ground former u.s olympic Chudoka Jason Morris contacted us via email with a simple suggestion for Tua try judo. Um, so you know y- you got you got a a Olympic an Olympic judo master basically saying what we were saying on this show, what we were saying on multiple you know different panels that. You got to learn how to fall. There's a there's an art to learning how to fall, and I, it's crazy because some people were mocking him, and um, you know, mocking the whole learning how to fall. Oh, people don't know how to learn how to fall. Da 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 da. And I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I mean, <clears throat> you know, you got literally one of the best, you know, judo masters alive in the u.s saying brother judo and i had people in my comments jujitsu jujitsu i've said multiple times you send the guy to a skate park for you know six eight hours in a day all those people they don't wear helmets they don't wear protective gear because they've mastered the art of falling skateboarding i know right why do you you know that's that's just what it is so what are what are you like you think tony hawk hasn't mastered the art form of falling you know of all the stuff he's done just saying so what what are you what are your thoughts on the whole situation I, I think it's awesome that the dolphins into in collaboration identified something that they need to work on to and what it tells me is that they know they have the quarterback they want to make sure he's on the field every sunday and they probably took a look at some of those falls and said like damn like this shouldn't be happening you know you, you, we have to understand how to help you fall. And, and, you know, I've told you this offline, you know, I think one of the reasons he falls awkward is that he is accounting for, you know, his hip. He had a humongous injury in college. I think he wants to be careful about landing on that hip um, personally. And, and, you know, again, you see Neil Driscoll, the bomb screw. You do not see a PhD. I am not a doctor. I might have a doctor's <laughs> writing, but that is about it. Um, like, I think it's awesome that they're doing this though. And it just shows to his dedication to his craft, you know, that, you know, I, for one, was worried that we might see breaking news to a tongue of Aloha has retired from football, but instead the guy's already trying to find a way to get better, right? The season just ended. We haven't even had free agency on the draft, but yet to a tongue of Aloha is already working. Like we saw the biggest leap in the NFL last year from what was he the 28th ranked quarterback from the 22nd all the way up to what fourth or something last year. Like if he continues that ethic and driving to, you know, that's the desire to be great and he continues to take leaps like this, you know, he's going to put himself, I mean, look, Las Vegas thinks he's an MVP candidate again. Right. Mm-hmm. And they don't just, they don't just put that kind of stuff on people. There's a lot of money at stake. Does he there, have the right? fifth best odds? Fifth I think him and odds. he's usually tied with Hertz, right? Him and Hertz are tied with the fifth best odds. I think. And what does that say? Right. Well, like look, at guy- he went from dude last year. He was plus 7,000. Now he's plus 1200. Neil. I mean, look, like I've said this on here Tua Tungalo is my favorite player in the NFL. Um, I, I'm, I view having him as our quarterback is a strength and answer to the position that we haven't had in a long time. 
Um, you know, I'm not going to act like I didn't have interest in Deshaun Watson because I did. And, you know, yeah. I'm not going to act like I'm, you know, this guy that, you know, hasn't had, you know, questions about Tua. But what he did this year from the year before to me answered a lot of those questions. Um, you know, I, I believe if he plays against Buffalo, we win a playoff game and who knows what happens after that. So that's where – and I think this football team is going to be way better coming up season because I think a lot of the flaws on defense were bad situational defensive play calling. And I think Vic Fangio, you look at that pressure uh, that presser that he had, and I don't know how you can't be excited. He's practically saying, I'm not even going to watch tape of the players that are here because I know that that coach that was in here before was awful and didn't know what he's doing. I'll make my judgments for what I see on them. I don't need the waste – to see what they did somewhere else. So I, I think, you know, give kudos to Tua for trying to get better already. Um, you know, the cool thing that I see, and I think one of the most important ingredients of any football team is that his teammates believe in him and have his back, right? I saw Jalen Waddle. I saw all these guys going right Jerome to – Baker, that Jerome Baker. Jerome Baker. Yeah, going right to bat for him. That, that is everything on the football field. You know, and, and I, I, again, you know, if you've listened to us, you know, I live in Baltimore – Sammy Watkins was publicly calling out Lamar Jackson for not playing in the playoff game, publicly calling him out saying like, if he had a contract, he'd be playing. The Ravens are probably one of the top football front offices or franchises in this league. And they're having leaks like that. You know, it wouldn't be surprising if there was players that said, you know, I have availability questions with Tua, but you don't hear that from Dolphins players. You hear the opposite. Like that's our guy. When he's on the field, he gives us the best chance to win. I'm on that line of thinking, and you know, the question I always might ask myself is, can you win a Super Bowl with this guy? And yes. to me, the answer is yes with Tua Tungavaloa. Joe says, reason even in the Marines, they teach you how to fall and roll properly. People are uneducated. See, that's the problem, man. You know, that's the problem. You know, people are uneducated, uh, are uneducated due to them listening and being naive enough to follow the uninformed, right? You know, you got the blind leading the blind and it's 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 terrible for this fan base. And it's one of the biggest dividing factors in this fan base. So, you know, that's why you got people like me, Neil, EM Dolphin fan, Richmond Webb, ball game. We're out here basically countering the misinformation. Right. We spend times in our shows having to counter misinformation. I'm sure the three yard per carry guys. I mean, we see Alf and Chris do it all the time, too, on Twitter. Right. So. You know, you to, I mean, you have to police the nonsense sometimes, and it's unfortunate. It I, I think that one of the best parts about when the Dolphins were winning this year, reason was how the Twitter Dolphins community was coming together, right? And I think it's really were they, or did all those idiots just crawl back under the rock? Yeah, well, fair point. But you know, I live here in Baltimore. The Orioles don't give us much to cheer about. Uh, they you know, will they soon. Were, yeah, they, they will. Were, well, when they were winning playoff games in 2012, 2013, man, you go to the stadium, you're like hugging people you don't know, jumping beers on each other's heads. Like, I mean, dude, that's a blast to me. And like, one of the things is, you know, what, how fun is it going to be when you when you're at a Super Bowl and the Dolphins are holding a Lombardi Trophy and there's you know people brawling in the parking lot? Like, what what are we doing? Like, you know, I I just think there's a mission, there's a ghost hunt, you know, a witch hunter is what they call it, I guess, against Tua for some reason, and I think it's unfair. But you know, I, I think that. The beauty of Twitter is there's a mute button and a block button. The beauty of a lot of this content is you don't have to listen to it if you don't like it. And I don't think that you have to have all sunshine and rainbows. I think you can be critical and that's fair. But I also think there's there's a, a, a part of being critical where it's way too much. And, you know, 
it, it, it's just too much, man. We could talk you gotta, about it. You got to, you got to, you got to know the difference between critiquing a player and being so critical. You start making it personal with the player. That's right. you got to know that line. Obsession. Right? It's an obsession. It's an obsession. Well, you right. know what I said? You know what I said this multiple times on the show, Neil, you let me know what you think about this between all these spaces and all these YouTube panels. They call us the two in ears because we believe in them, but they're the ones that spend six, seven, eight, nine hours of their day talking about the kid, not us. So who's well, really the two in ear? That, that you know, what you just said is a really good point. And a lot of all those spaces are very welcoming to me. They're very nice to me. They, you know, they offer me a form to go up and talk. But there is some people that spend 10 hours a day just crushing to a tongue of aloha. And I'm like, man, I don't I don't have any interest in anybody to talk about it for 10 hours a day, man. Like it, it's just kind of a weird, weird Well, and they keep it up, they keep it up when we're hiring a new staff, when we hire Fangio, when the new defenses should be the talking point and the nuances and what we're gonna how we're gonna attack offenses with this. But because we're dealing with a bunch of casuals, right? Think about it. Quarterback is the lowest hanging fruit because it's the one position you watch the most when you actually turn on the TV. Yeah, you know what the reason I, I even take a step further, I think there's one elite quarterback in football. I think the term elite is Patrick so Mahomes. worn out. Yeah, Mahomes. I think the word elite and like Hall of Fame and all that is so thrown out and so like the standard is so much different than what I remember 20 years ago. Yeah, I think Joe Burrows. I think Joe Burrows is the second best quarterback in football right now. I agree with that. I agree with that. But you know, I don't know if he's elite. Like, what what make you know? He's a good football player. He has good stats. But like you know, like kind of what Trent Dilfer said in that Bullies of Baltimore documentary. Modern day NFL is meant to bloat your stats. They want scoring. They want high passing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like all these guys are going to have more passing yards than Dan Marino, but none of them are better quarterbacks than Dan Marino, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pat Mahomes is a special football player. I think he is. Well, that's the thing, right? Like what you just said. I just got to stop you there because you made the keyest point right there. If we talk about ability to throw the football, who are we taking? Dan Marino or Tom Brady, you're taking Dan Marino. But because of what you just labeled, Tom Brady's the GOAT nowadays. Bro, that's why we've talked about this, right? Dan Marino will throw for 6,000 yards in the new NFL. Easily. No right. problem. No problem. That guy would flirt with 60,000 and 40 would be the minimum. 35, 40 sleep. would be the minimum he'd throw touchdown in, in his sleep, he would, dude. I mean, yeah, like, like, that's what I'm on. saying. Like, everyone's elite. Everyone's like, there's so yeah. many people with double elite that like the word has lost its meaning. You know what I mean? It's like the only guy that I see. Yeah. Cause like, look, you could say it about every single person. And the thing that surprised me and really bought, made me buy into Pat Mahomes this year. Like I, people are going to say Juju Smith's a good receiver. He's okay. I think his receiving core was very mediocre and he elevated them. And Travis, Kelsey say the word, top. say my word, say it. What's your word? He won on he he won on efficiency this year, and yeah, that okay. was what was so impressive. Right. Was he's shown you he can win with the big arm and the big throws and the explosive plates, but this year he showed he's grown to where he can be beat you with efficiency. Not even two hundred yards, but he threw three touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over, and was careful with the football, and they won. Right? Yeah, I, I like. I I think that it's just it's one of those things. Things are you know I want my quarterback to give me a chance to win every Sunday. I wanted to be a good football player. Sure, like, you know, the accolades, the stats, all that's fun. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, look, Troy Aikman won three Super Bowls, and you look at his stats, and Troy Aikman never did anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Bobby used, though. 
W's right. got him in the Hall of Fame, not with exactly. that's what that's it's funny. People don't want to get see this is what I've always said because we're getting we're going down a rabbit hole. And I love that we're having this conversation in front of everyone because everyone's seeing how we naturally talk right now. But now you go down the rabbit hole of people say wins aren't a quarterback stat, but I say, okay, if you I, and I agree with that to an extent. My caveat is wins aren't a quarterback stat early on, but they eventually do become a quarterback stat. They become a head coaching, they become a coaching stat and a quarterback stat after four or five years. You're damn right. That's why this year everyone was talking about what with Herbert? Not about not making the playoffs, but can't get to 500, can't stay above 500. Notice everyone started that talk this year, right? right? Like, because because eventually, as much as people early on don't want to say, well, wins aren't a quarterback stat, eventually even those people start using, right? We saw ESPN and fought, all these people started using it as a quarterback stat. It eventually turns into it, bro. Everything's not, you know, black and white. There's always, there's something in the middle. Like QB wins, like everyone sometimes, you sure, your quarterback contributes to the win. It's not all on them, but it's ironic how the best quarterbacks are the ones that win a lot, right? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? it's like, it's like what you see. So I, I, I think it's one of those things that at the end of the day, Tua Tungvalu is a winner, man. That guy's that's that's all he's done since yeah. we first saw his football and his name on a TV screen. He's won, and yeah. you know, I man, like, have ever has everyone been asleep for the last twenty three years? The musical chairs at quarterback, the failures we've had. That's why like, I wonder how how two things, Neil. How long have these people been fans for, and how deep does their fandom run? Because I know me and you, I know we were in different states, and I, I don't know about you, but I'm going to assume you were. So I'm going to say I know me and you had some tears rolling down when we watched what happened to Dan Marino, and we've been living in the hell ever since that Jacksonville Jaguars game. And anyone who watched Dan Marino's career and watched him go out that way, we have been waiting for the type of production we saw this year. And listen, me and you are two huge Dan Marino fans, but me and you can also admit Tua did something this year in that three-game streak, right, where he was doing things Dan Marino never did in in our colors. And don't act like Dan Marino never had three or four games in a row where there were, there were weaker opponents. And even still, were they weaker opponents? Because on that three-game streak, the Bears were the top five passing defense when we faced them. And I say the Lions were very underrated. Look what they did to the Packers at the end of the year. So were the Packers really that – were the Lions really that bad of a team? Or did Tua was Tua really just not lights out that game? And Tua right. was lights out that game. Go just look at the Gasecki touchdown at the back of the end zone. So, well, you know? Yeah, well, and I think throw throw Tua Tongue of Low in the helm of those teams with Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Ricky Williams. Oh, we win, we're winning a Super Bowl. We're winning a Super Bowl. We're winning a Super Bowl. And that's where, like, you know, I always yeah. say this. You know, I said Dan Rito was one of the main reasons I became a Dolphins fan. And Zach Thomas is the reason I became a fanatic. That team was Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor. Those were the days where I was up in my yeah. college room and like I was cussing, throwing stuff down the hallway, and people were like trying to study and they'd come to my door, like, dude, you gotta cut it up. And I'm like, dude, don't even bring it in here. We're gonna be rolling out on this floor fighting. Like, uh, this is the Dolphins. But and Neil, these people, and that's why these people must not like that's again. I go back to are they really Dolphin fans? Because those were the days where we were in love with Ricky because all we had to cheer for up until Ricky after Marino and they were great. We love them as dolphin fans. Remember, but guys like Chris Chambers and Randy McMichael who were nothing anywhere else, but they were like, that's what we had to cheer for because our defense was so set, but our, you know, and we just couldn't get the quarterback. Right. And we had, like, I mean, you look at Chris Chambers and Randy McMichael, 
dude, Chris Chambers is a number two on another team, and so is probably Randy McMichael. But because they were given the spotlight, you know, they emerged a little bit. I mean, Chris Chambers wasn't much when he went to the Chargers after us, I'm pretty sure. And neither was McMichael. Correctly. Didn't McMichael yeah. the too? I, I don't remember. But they weren't anything <laughs> after, right? Yeah. Like, no, and Chambers was awesome. But I agree I with love you. Them. Like, yeah. we, we, I mean, we, if you remember, we would have James McKnight out there, and he yeah. was a boss in footballs. And, like, yeah. you know, we had, uh, what was his, Diedrich Ward from the Jets, and we had Ray Lucas, and we couldn't figure out anything, man. And we had this defense, and, and someone just made this point, I think, in the, in the comments, which is really fair. I mean, the Ravens 2000 defense and the Ravens defense of that era was the best defense of football, but the longevity yeah. of those Dolphins teams was Thomas and Jay Taylor. They were Impressive. they were the number two. Yeah. And, and yeah, I agree. The Titans were Kevin Carter, Javon Curse, and Keith Bullock and those. But those defenses. Well, I don't know. That awesome. Bucks defense was pretty amazing. Yeah, the Bucks defense was But, like, it was just crazy because I, I remember a game where we played the Jets on Sunday Night Football and Ray Lucas was the starter. And I think we lost the game, like, 9-6. to six, And Chambers actually caught a touchdown in the back of the end zone. And it was, like, before replay. And they said he stepped out. And we kind of lost. And we couldn't. And, like, it was just, like, it was hard to watch because how bad quarterback play was. Yeah. And then, you know, like, I got so excited when it was the Dante Culpepper signing. Even though I wanted Breeze over him, I thought Culpepper would at least be something good here. And, like, unbelievable that, like, how bad that failed. And that's where, like, I'm, I'm embracing to it because I think he is, no matter way, no, any way you cut it, he's a top 10 quarterback in football. And it's been a really, really long time since we could say that. We've tried. We tried every route. We chanted Tannehill. We signed Trent Green and Dante Culpepper. We 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 made a second round. Pick Remember when the- we gave the bag to David Boston because we thought he'd be a difference maker? Right, AJ Remember- Feely. We traded a second yeah. round pick for AJ Feely. John Beck in the second round. Like I, I am. Tired. We were going hard after Matt Flynn. Remember, we were. Thank yeah. God we weren't the Seahawks. Holy jeez. Right. right, but yeah. So I'm embracing it. I'm excited, man, and I think good for Tua for getting better. I, I'm sorry I took us on that long tangent, but I, I like just think- it. I think he needs to be appreciated here. Um, you know, I feel like it, 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 it's over. He's our quarterback going into the next year, and I couldn't be more happy for that. Um, Rome says Anquan Bolden was passed over for Eddie Moore thanks to Juan. I, I remember that, and I was Dean, – uh, Dean says, I'm taking Bob Greasy over Marino all day. I prefer a winner. I, 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 was, I was negative. I was a negative – 11 years old when Greasy was doing his thing. So I, I can't really talk. And I'll say this. His son didn't do so well in Miami. That's yeah, yeah. That was brutal when Brian came. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. Let's get into the combine. Um, let's go over some guys for doll fans to watch. And I want to kick this off. And then I'll let you give your list. I'm going to give one name. And then I, I got my list. But I'll let you go your list first. But the name I got to get out ahead of the gate was is you know who I'm about to say, bro. Who am I about to say? Devin A chain. A chain. Devin A chain. Yeah, I got and the reason why. Yeah, the reason why I'm saying is because this guy's telling everyone he's going to break Ross's record, Justin Ross's 40 time. So right. let's go. This man's going to try and clock in early four twos. So that man is worth watching because I'll say it over and over again. That speed out of our backfield would be un. Oh, I think he is Eckler a little bit of Eckler and Mostert combined. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, but I'll let you go. I just had to get that out because watch the fireworks when that kid takes the 40 and everyone likes watching the 40. Well, and I did it kind of position by position and not like just focus 
totally on Miami, but like totally like overall starting a quarterback. I mean, like this guy is getting hot at the right time. He's got a lot of flaws, but Anthony Richardson is very polarizing. Um, I told reason today that um, a, a colleague that I used to work with at pro football network had even told me that he is here and has heard that he could go before Will Levis. Uh, so Anthony Richardson, I like, I think he's going to run unbelievable. I think when he throws the ball at the combine, it's going to be mesmerizing. And I think that guy's going to I think he's going to make himself a lot of money. With that said, I I think he's got a lot of flaws, and you better you do better not anticipate him being your day one starter running back. I mean, Devin Achan, I think is the guy that you everyone wants to see. Um, He's probably one of the best names. He's my thirty fifth overall player on on my draft board. I think he's a game changer. I would love him for Miami. Another guy that I want to see is Dwayne McBride. I think he's a beast. I, I think he's so underrated. And then another guy that I really like, and I know that Alf and, and the three yard guys like him, uh, is Israel. And I'm not good at saying this. Don't Abinaconda. butcher from Pitt. Yeah, yeah. From Pitt. Israel yeah. Abinaconda, who I think is a guy beast. Who, who's just could be an absolute steal. Yeah. Um, just, you know, and I am of the mindset that we're going to sign a running back who I think is going to be Raheem Mostert and draft a running back in the third round. Um, so, you know, I, I think obviously Bijan and Jameer are going to be gone. Do one of these guys fall to the third round? Do the Dolphins? Because I have a hard time thinking they're going to take a running back in the second round personally. And yes, that, so you know, we'll, we'll get there in another day. Uh, receivers, a guy that I love who went to my alma mater is Rakeem Jarrett from Maryland. And mm. him coming out kind of reminds me of Stefan Diggs coming out when Diggs fell to the fifth round and the Vikings got him. Rakeem Jarrett, like – in the offense this year, and we have obviously two of his brothers, the starter there, and the receiving core around him was uh, Dante Demas, who's a guy who's like a fifth-round prospect, and another guy named J- uh, Jacob Copeland, who's who's going to be a draftable player, probably a, a last-round type of guy. But Rakeem Jarrett is special, um, and I think he's going to be one of the biggest deals in the draft, and I really want to see what he runs. Um, there's a guy named Tyler Scott from Cincinnati who might be one of the fastest receivers in this draft. Uh, he's a total burner. I want to see what he does. And then, look, I want to see Jackson Smith in the jig book because, yeah. you know, he 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 definitely is not going to run the fastest 40, but if he runs a good time, I think he cements himself. I, I still think, personally, he's probably the best overall receiver in this class. Um, he might not have those measurables, but, like, he's just a good football player when you put the tape. He reminds me a lot of, like, Amon Ross St. Brown coming out last year where St. Brown didn't have all this elite athleticism, right? But – Look what he did in Detroit this year. Um, and, and I'll end up on the offense with tight ends because I want to see the strength, them on the bench press with Dalton Kincaid and Luke Musgrave. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. I know they're athletic guys that catch the ball, but, like, I don't want another Mike Gesicki. I want a guy that can move some people in the running game. Um, I think Luke Musgrave is going to be stronger than Kincaid. Um, you know, like, I don't have a guy like Darnell watching it on here because I know that he's probably going to toss it up a lot. He's He's a beast. He's a – He's a freak of an athlete, but mm-hmm. I, I've kind of really come to Dalton Kincaid and Luke Musgrave being guys that I can see Miami being interested in if they're there in round two. So I want to make sure that they can be three down players and not the next Mike Kosicki, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and then the offensive line, like I, I don't really care about the linemen that much at the combine because I really like watching them in the trenches and play. And I actually, go more off of the stock that we saw at the senior bowl. I, I like to see how they battle other players in the trenches, but it's always going to be fun to see who can put up, you know, what do you think about Luke Whipler out of Ohio state? I, I like him, and, and, you know, 
the move I think the Dolphins should make to fix this offensive line because I don't think I don't think they're spending big on offensive line. Uh, I I've, I've told you that you know I've heard that they're going to bring Eric Fisher back, and I they still somehow some shape some way believe in Austin Jackson, um, and mm-hmm. it's crazy. I, I I hope that what I'm hearing is wrong there, but. I think you get a pure center and kick Connor Williams over to left guard. And I know that Williams had a good year at center, but look, that snapping didn't improve all year. <laughs> and I think he could give you similar play at left guard than he did at center. Get a, get a pure center. I, I like Whipler a lot. I like the kid from TCO, Steve Avila. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say his name. Um, I think he's a, a really big, strong, you know, kind of mauler. Um, he could play guard and center. He's got some versatility. Um, you know, there it's honestly, you know, a pretty strong interior offense line class. There's, you know, Jarrett Patterson from Notre Dame's a guy. Stead, that's, yep. He's a battle tested guy. He's got a lot of snaps there. Um, John Michael Schmitz. It's there's the guy. Like, if I had to take a guy in round two, I if think he's there, guy, you run to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, because I, I think he's going to be a guy who's. He might not be as high on my board as a guy like Tyler Linderbaum was last year, but he's not far off. Yeah, he's like right there. I agree. He's right there with with Linderbaum and Creed, I think. I think he's just right under them. I'm surprised. I don't let you keep going, but I'm surprised, you know, I didn't hear Jalen Hyatt or Zay Flowers when you were um mentioning wide receiver because Zay Flowers is starting to get out of Boston College is starting to get a lot of notoriety I've noticed over the last couple weeks and stuff I'm starting to see his name a lot more than I've seen recently well over over the whole season really so I'm surprised you didn't name them but yeah all right, keep going let's hear what's no, going and, and I, I think Zay Flowers is a stud I like Zay a lot. Is, I actually yeah. am not as high on Jalen Hillips I uh Hyatt I think he's going to run an unreal 40 mm-hmm. he does nothing to with me impresses me at not at all with the ball in his hands after the catch though I mean, he's, yeah. he's a lean dude. He doesn't break any tackles. I mean, he's just a fast dude that can run nine routes. You know, he's got some nuances a route runner. There's no doubt. Um, I, I'm just not as high on him as other people. Another guy that I'm not a big fan of that a lot of people love is Rasheed Rice from SMU. Mm. Um, he, he did awesome against, you know, small school competition. I don't know how well he played. Um, you know, like he, he struggled against Cincinnati, and that was one of the games that, you know, was a kind of a spotlight game for him. Uh, you know, he's not going to run an outrageous 40 time, but on the defensive line, a guy that I like a lot is a guy from coastal Carolina named Jared Clark. Um, he's a big dude. He's like a pure nose tackle. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see what Miami does because I think, you know, we have a really good rotation on the defensive line, but if we don't bring John Jacobs back Jenkins back, you know, we don't have a pure nose and, you know, I, I like Raekwon Davis. He's on the last year of his deal. I, He's underwhelmed me since we drafted him. I expected a lot more. And I don't know if he's a pure nose. I, I think he's more of a five-tack, actually. So I, I think a guy like Jared Clark, who's a big nose, could be really vital to throw in the middle of our defense. Um, I I like the linebackers a lot. My favorite player for the Dolphins is Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think his name's getting really hot, and he might not be there at 51. But three names that I really like. First is Dorian Williams from Tulane. I think he could be a really good football player. I want to see what he runs. I want to see what he puts up. But I, I'm a big fan of his. Um, I think Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati is a guy that's going to really show well at this combine. He's a guy that has a lot of versatility and that I think Vic Fangio would like a lot. Um, and then I know a guy that you like, and I have this guy just because I know he's going to be an outrageous out athlete, and it's Owen Pepo from mm-hmm. Auburn. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he, 
he's a gold standard of athlete. So I, I just want to see his traits. I, I don't know. I like, like, I think with him, he's a player more like Channon Tindall, meaning that he's going to need some development and some time. But I want to see his athleticism because I, I think he has a chance to probably be the best linebacker at the position. And then, you know, I'll say this one. This is an easy one. But Trenton Simpson, because, mm, yeah. like, if that guy's in striking distance for Miami and say he's there at, like, pick 40 and we have pick 51 and we have to get rid of a pick from next year's draft and move up to get him, like, go you get Go yeah. get your guy, you know, like yeah. and that, and that's Jack Campbell. Go get your guy. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I know some DBs. Deontay Banks is a guy from Maryland that I've watched a lot. I love him. I, I think that he is a awesome, awesome corner, man. And I think he's got a chance to be there at 51. I want to see what he runs. Um, I want to see what Emmanuel Forbes runs. I, Emmanuel Forbes mm. had eight interceptions returned for a touchdown in his collegiate career, man. State. Yeah. I, I, if, he can break, if he breaks four or five, he gets his name in first round consideration, in my opinion. And then, dude, mm. our guy, like, and I sent you a text today that I've heard people, that people are telling me that Keely Ringo is going to be there in the second round. And then and that, that's another example to me. If that guy's there at pick 40 and you have to move up, go get Keely Ringo. I have Keely Ringo as the best corner in this draft, and that's the minority, but I love him. And I know he had a rough game against Ohio State. And you know what? You know why we talk about that rough game so much? Because that's the only rough game he had. Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. He's a good player, man. The other team tries to. People can have bad games. Dan Marino had bad games. Tom Brady's had bad games. It doesn't matter who you are. You're not immune to having a bad game. But I am a big fan of Keely Ringo. I want to see him show up at the combine or maybe not so that he falls in our lap. But, you know, those are the guys that I have. What do you, think, what do you think Christian Gonzalez runs? He could be like a low 4-3, eh? And, and I think he's a top 10 pick. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I think him and Devin Weatherspoon are both going to be top ten picks when from Illinois starts. studs. But yeah, I mean, like so, like I'm excited. I, I you know I'll, I'll be in Disney World chasing kids around next week. But when when they're passed out at night, I'll be on uh definitely on NFL Network, kind of watching the late night replays, probably getting my drink on, um, watching a lot of the combine. So I, I'm excited for it. A any safeties? Because I know you know Brian Branch, Jordan Battle out of Alabama. I think a really good, I think a really good sleeper is uh, that kid out of Louisville, uh, Kittrell Clark. I think he's a pretty decent sleeper too. Um, what 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 are your thoughts of of the Sydney, safety class? Sydney Brown from Illinois is the guy. I, know, I, I got I I got someone in my chat. I forget who absolutely loves Sydney Brown. I, I love him. I I think yeah. look, I I think he's a a good pick at fifty one. Um, that's mm. how high I am on him. I, I what do you really think of Antonio Johnson and Christopher Smith? Yeah, I, I like Chris Smith a lot for our defense. From Georgia, Antonio yeah. Johnson is is a good football player. Um, you know he's played length for days. Eh? No, he he kind of a little bit reminds me of Byron Jones to be honest, where he could kind of has a little bit of versatility to play corner and safety. He's got mm. good length. Um, I I don't think he'll be there when he gets there because I I think on most people's boards he's the second safety. Uh, Brian Branch, man, Brian Branch is a guy that like I hate to say it. Keep an eye on the New England Patriots at 14. That guy does everything that Bill Belichick likes. Swiss Army knife in the defensive backfield. He can play nickel. He can play outside in the boundary. He can play free safety. I mean, he does everything really, really well. Man, Brian Branch is an awesome football player. Yeah, he's, Just a, he's, awesome. he's in my top 15 overall. Yeah. Man, the combine, I love the combine. It's so exciting. It's coming up. Me too. Right I heard around the corner. Indianapolis after this year, though, which would be awful. That would be terrible. I, you know, everyone who I've talked to that goes down there says they love they it there. Miss. 
St. Elmo's yeah. is awesome. I, I went yeah. to one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you awesome. did you ride into town listening to St. Elmo's Fire or what? <laughs> no. no? I actually, I honestly I was starstruck there, to be honest, man. I, I it was because I, I look, you know, I, I I'm a well, fan. you know, goes down there every year, my buddy Kevin Dern. Oh yeah. He, go, he goes down there every year. He meets Travis Wingfield down there. I think he's going down there uh next week. And last year, who did he meet? Who did he meet? A wink. He ran into oh, Wink yeah. at the bar, and Wink told him, "Like, man, I'd love to coach that defense out there." Well, see, I, I'm lucky, man. I live eight miles from the Godfather of the draft, Mel Kuyper, and I went to his alma mater, so uh, I get to see. He's, you get to see him around town, and he, that's he's, awesome. But I, 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 Mel's the man. I, I, I think he does still does a great job. He doesn't go down to the combine anymore, though. Um, he kind of kind of stays local. But so let's talk about this. So before we get to the draft. What unit or position do you identify as the first priority? Because to me, we got to get this linebacker thing figured out, you know. And I, I know you're free agency. I think that should be our first priority. Yeah, and I think guy, we should double the guy, dip. Get, the guy they should get just got released. That's my opinion. So you're, you're Bobby. You you think you're okay? So let's talk about if we I get think Bobby Wagner is the best linebacker in football still, even over Roquan Smith or Fred Warner. Yeah, you, I, I love Bobby Wagner because didn't he have last year? He had what six sacks, like 120 plus tackles, and two picks or something. Right, and, and the way I look at it, right, like because I, I think the Dolphins are going to get a big name linebacker. I, I I think that's where they're going to spend, and I think that. Vic Fangio is going to want, and I include TJ Edwards as a big. Name I think they're going to double dip. I think they're going to. I think they're going to sign one, and I think they're going to draft too. Right. I, I think, like, see, like, I could see something where they do that for sure. I think they will do that. I, I have a feeling Jerome Baker's back though. I, I, I've changed yeah, my. So I think it's him and Shannon Tindall. I think they're even going to bring Landon Roberts back on a on a sweetheart type of deal for one year, and then I think they're going to sign a free agent and they're going to draft someone. And, you know, and like, look, the three big names, I like, I like Levante David and Bobby Wagner way more than Tremaine Edwards. And I might be in the minority, but I've heard 16 to $18 million a year for Tremaine Edward, Edmonds. Well, let's talk about, hold on, because I wanted to ask you that. Yep. If we're going to go two guys long in the tooth, who are you taking, Bobby or Levante? I want Bobby Be Wagner. Because really, you, I wouldn't be disappointed with either one. I think they're pretty much yeah, the same level. Levante. Levante's still a 140 tackle guy, 124 tackle wow. guy. I didn't even know that. Levante David's a year older than Bobby Wagner. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but have you seen, uh, did you look at Bo Levante's production this year? Yeah, no. I love Levante. They're love literally him. this almost the same player, except Bobby is, like you said, a year younger. Well, that's, and so my, my thing, like, because I do think Tremaine Edmonds is a good football player. The reason I don't love him at 16 to $18 million, he, I think he has, Six and a half career sacks and five career picks in five years. Like, there's not enough impact plays there for me for that price tag, right? Like, I think you're going to get Bobby Wagner or Levante David for $6 million cheaper. They're going to be veteran leaders. And I think having a guy like Vic Fangio yeah. and a needed linebacker makes it so attractive for one of those guys. And I don't, I don't remember it well, but I do think that I heard – I know that Bobby Wagner is between the Ravens and the Rams – but I thought that the Dolphins did like inquire about Bob Wagner. I could totally be wrong. I don't but, remember. Like, I mean, he's such still a good player. He's they're both so him or Levante. I, I think you go get one of those guys and you draft someone. Um, but I, I mean, is Bobby Wagner the best linebacker of this generation? 
Like I know he's 32, but if if we need him for two or three more years, say you know he signed what a five-year, fifty-five million dollar deal with the Rams, right? So say say it's three years, thirty-six to get him here. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Why, why did they get rid? Was it to purely cap? Well, he he. I think he. It looked like from the article that I saw that it was a mutual decision, and that Wagner initiated it because the Rams are so far off of winning that he wants to win. Um. So that tells us more to the story. He's he, only he, looking at going to contenders right now. And we're one. Yeah, and I my, agree. And, and oh, he's no. Yeah. He's a nine-time All-Pro, man. Nine. Oh, he's a stud, bro. I mean, like, that's – he's so I'm looking at my free agent list right now, and my number one free agent is Lamar Jackson. Like, he's a 26-year-old quarterback. He's going to be tagged, so it doesn't matter. My number two is Orlando Brown. But I have Orlando Brown as my number two as a right tackle. So, like, if mm. he would take right tackle – I mean, left tackle money and play right tackle, I would love a guy like Leonard Brown. But my number three overall player is Bobby Wagner. I I, I just think Bobby Wagner is that good. I think he's a game changer. Um, I, I think he's exactly- – I didn't even put I didn't even put Orlando Brown on my free agent target list coming out because I don't think he wants to switch to right tackle. No, he I, wants I the left tackle money, right? This is more of an overall big board for Yeah, fans. I know, I know. But I'm just telling people, like, if right. you don't see Orlando Brown on my list, that's why, because I think he wants to be a left tackle. And, and he's going to be tagged. So when you look at the top, I, I heard yeah. Deron Payne's going to get tagged today. Orlando Brown's going to get tagged. Lamar Jackson. The cool thing about Bobby Wagner, though, is if you sign him, he doesn't go against your compensatory uh, formula. So you sign a guy like him, right, and you lose Gesicki, and say you get a fourth rounder in the compensatory formula for a guy like Mike Gesicki, Signing Bobby Wagner has no impact on that because he was just released from the Rams. He's not mm. an unrestricted, he wasn't an unrestricted free agent to come into the, the season. So, like, if you sign Tremaine Edmonds, that would probably even offset of any pick you would get for Gesicki. For Gisecki. Right. Wow. So that's why I, I really like Bobby Wagner a lot. Mm. And, and then yeah. I'll say another, another thing, you know, and just talking out loud, it is, and I tweeted this this week, the Ravens are getting calls about Patrick Queen. He's kind of been a disappointment, but he played really well when Roquan Smith came around. He's got a ton of athleticism. He's a young dude. Like, the Ravens are going to be cat-strapped when they give this exclusive tag to Lamar. Depending on the price tag, man, like, I would do something where I signed Bobby Wagner and maybe I trade a third-round pick for Patrick Queen and say, hey – I like how you played next to Roquan. You're going to play again next to a better player now, and Bobby. And you do that, man. And our linebacker core's fixed, right? Like, so okay. So let's talk about this. Then how does that? How do you see them keeping Ogba's money? Because that's the word coming out right now, affecting all this. Because you know it makes more sense when you talk about a Wagner or a Levante David because it'll be cheaper than that big ticket item. And Ogba kind if you're keeping Ogba on the roster with his hit, what are you doing? Are you restructuring him because restructure. he limit? I restructure, restructure him. him. Yeah, I, the three guys I'm going to restructure are going to be Tyreek, Bradley Chubb, and Ogba, and I'm going to leave Taron Armstead as he is. Hmm. That's what I'm going to do, and I think it would be what 19, 14 point, so 19 for Tyreek, 14.7 for Chubb, and 9.3 I want to say for Ogba, right? So if you do the math there. 24, 34, you, you just saved $43 million cap space. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that's what you do. And we're 26 over when you do that, right? We're about 26, 25 over when you do that because we're 16 under the cap, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so we'd free about 25. You probably could sign Wagner 
you're going to cut Byron Jones and save that 13.6 after June 1st, right? Um, I, I'm extending Wilkins and Connor Williams to free another probably 10 between those two. And then, honestly, if you go get a Bobby Wagner and you sign one more quality free agent, I, I, I actually don't think you need to buy too many more groceries. Does that worry you that we haven't heard – me and you haven't heard any rumblings from anyone we know about a Connor Williams extension and there's only one year left? And right. the most scary thing for me, Neil – They've told us what they think of Dieter. We don't even have a backup in-house right now, Neil. Right. And, and that's what's going to be interesting. I, I think you're going to see a lot of low-budget signings for the Dolphins. Yeah, like, to fill out. I, like Nick Needham's, I think, is going to be a guy brought yeah. back on the cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, I I, I look the other, I think Melvin Ingram could come back for something like 4 to $5 million a year. I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, like they might tender a guy like uh, Elijah Campbell – um, Salvin Ahmed, like they can mm-hmm. tender those guys. They might get Landon Roberts back on a one-year, two million dollar deal. Same thing for Raheem Mostert. I think they're going to bring a lot of those guys back, add a linebacker, and then one more starting quality player. Um, and you know, I don't think it's going to be on the offensive line. Something tells me that they're going to be in the market for an upgraded safety. That's what I think. I think they're going to look at safety, and and who I want them to get. I, I know there's a lot of Jordan Poyer fans. I, I don't think you get a Bobby Wagner and a Poyer. I, I'm paying Jesse Bates if I'm going after Poyer. Are you kidding me? I, I want Adrian Amos because he's he also went to my alma mater. Mm. I fought him really closely at Penn State. My boys coached him here in high school and talked high raise of him. He went to Chicago and, and really carved out a nice niche for himself. I think Adrian Amos would be a really nice player. Um, to add, to bro, this Jay team. Morrison from the Athletic before it went live wrote that Jesse Bates is as good as gone. Yes, oh, yeah. Free agency, well, the Bengals so. are well that the Bengals look, don't sleep on them trading T. Higgins. And nope. we've been hearing that all season, right? They're gonna pay, they're gonna pay Joe Burrow, and their owner is the cheapest dude in the NFL. So can I ask you? Let me ask you this. Would you be happy if hypothetical they give Bobby like 10 and then they go get a guy like Von Bell for like eight? Yes. Sign Wouldn't that up. be? I thought I'd love that. Like, I know it's not as sexy as everyone said thinks at the safe at safety, but listen, unless you're trading for a Ramsey, I think and that, that 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 allows you to keep Brandon Jones up there because now you just split the field in half with X and Jalen Ramsey. Unless you're doing something like that, I would love Von Bell up there with uh with with Javon Holland and Wagner or Levante David in the middle there at like ten million. I right. think that's I think that's very appealing. I actually think it is kind of sexy to be honest, man. I, I think Von Bell is a hell of a football player. I so do I, I. slept and, on. And if you made those two moves and you brought back those low one-year deal dolphins, and we we've seen the dolphins do a lot of those one-year deals before, right? If you did that and headed to the draft, right? Like you because look, I'm looking at my board now. Here's what I think our biggest needs are. Linebacker, I wrote DB because I think either it's a corner or a safety. Yeah. I have tight end because I think we need to add a, a good tight end. And a guy that I like, honestly, who I don't think would cost a lot, is either Hayden Hurst out of mm. Cincinnati or Foster Moreau from the Raiders. Oh, Raiders, yeah. Um, and then I, I still think getting one quality offensive lineman is a need. I don't think the rate that, I mean, the Dolphins think that, unfortunately. So if you get a linebacker and a DB in free agency, then you can so attack. You have tight end as a more of a need than running back right now when we have none under contract. Well, see, I guess I'm assuming that they're going to get a running back in the draft. I, I'm assuming that they're going to take one in the third round. Because I don't get everyone's uh, and, and this is no shot of you. I see it more on Twitter. I don't get everyone's obsession with taking 
a tight end with that 51st pick. I just don't see it. Like we need the, line, the linebacker core needs to fix that. That secondary needs to be tweaked. The offensive line needs, we need depth and upgrades either or on the offensive line. First, we don't have a running back under contract. Like tight end falls way down the list for me. I don't know. That's yeah. just me though. Well, I, I think, you know, the one thing about tight ends, when you look about the league, right? Like Travis Kelsey, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he a third round pick? George Kittle was a fifth round pick. Mark Andrews was a third round pick. Yeah, you don't like. I I personally think four tight ends are going to go in the t- top forty picks: Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, Dalton Kincaid, and Darnell Washington. I think they all are going to go in the top forty picks. So I I don't think there's going to be a player of the caliber that we want there anyway. And I kind of think it does suck we don't have a fourth or a fifth rounder. But keep an eye on 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 a trade, right? Like I could see the Dolphins doing something to get another pick there in the third round. And with that said, like I, I do. And think what about Tanner Connor? Ron makes the point. What about they've invested in Dave invested in Tanner Connor though, not us. They gave him two chances, man, and he didn't do. I, I get it, but and then Hunter Long. I, I know. I, I think they need another tight end. I, I think Durham Smythe's a really good number too. Um, I like your Foster Morrow idea because I think he'd be cheap, but I think you could get super value out of that contract because I think yeah. he would. I think he's a guy that would outperform the cheap contract you give him because he's not under Darren Waller anymore. Right, and he caught a lot of touchdowns for the Raiders. Yeah, he, he's he, a good player, bro. He's a quiet, yeah, he, good player. But I, I think you know, to kind of what we're saying, they might. They're probably going to make one splash signing. I'll say this too because it, it's going to come up, right? It's been a long time since we've seen the caliber of running back that's going to be available. When you think about Josh Jacobs, potentially Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley looks like he could be out. Like, I could see Miami taking a, taking a, making a move there. I personally wouldn't do it unless it was Josh Jacobs for me because he's 26, and I, I think he's got a lot of mileage left on him. Like, I love Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon Barkley is actually a better player than Josh Jacobs. But that injury history scares the shit out of me. I'm yeah, just be with how much and, you're gonna have to pay him. But I, I do think that they, the Dolphins, could be interested. I think Gate Jacobs going to get franchise tagged. I don't think the Vikings are going to end up trading Dalvin Cook, and I think the Giants are going to franchise tag Saquon and try to figure out what they could do with Daniel Jones. Like I, I think when it's all said and done, the good news is I think the Dolphins can definitely score. There's 20 running backs I like in this draft. A combo of a good rookie and Mostert, really, I think it's the job done. Mm, I love it. And then I just saw uh, a name in the chat that I wouldn't wouldn't be Kareem Hunt might be out there too. All day, all day. Oh, he, he will be out toy. there. He's and then talk toy. about it. And he's another guy with not a lot of tread on the tires. Yep. Right, because of his usage. Man, I I can't. I was talking to a, a EM Dolphin fan today, Neil, and we were talking. We were laughing and talking about Watson's contract, and I said, "Bro, I can't wait till it forces Nick Chubb out." And I hope we're in a position where we can just jump all over a guy like Nick Chubb for like a year or two and just oh, run him. Oh my god! Well, it, you it, know, also a ripple effect. And everyone like, here's what I'll say about the the Browns though: Did they overpay for Deshaun Watson and do the worst contract in NFL history? Yes, but you know what else they might have done is collateral damage. They might have chased Lamar Jackson out of Baltimore too. And like, you know, because he's he's Lamar Jackson. I don't know if anyone read the report today. He is not selling for less guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. And my question is 200, 300. Yeah, I heard it's like 250 to 300 million he wants. Right. So it's crazy, man. 
It is nuts, man. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here, bro? No, man. No, Everything's good. good on my end. Uh, just another good show, brother. And fins up, man. I'm pumped though. And we'll be back in two weeks because this man will be in Orlando next week with Mickey Mouse Mickey ears Mouse. on and doing his thing, bro. Um, always a good show, man. Always appreciate chopping it up with you. Over 420 people in the chat today. Smash that like button. Subscribe if you're new. Um, I'm going to be dropping a new episode of Three Takes Thursday on the Patreon tonight. And we're going to talk about players who want to come here and all of that stuff. So we're going to have a little info inside that three takes thursday tonight expect that later tonight on the patreon um patreon.com forward slash inside the nfl if you'd like to join up it's as little as twenty dollars for the year or two dollars for uh two dollars a month so check it out listen i appreciate each and every one of you neil always a pleasure always a good conversation man so guys we will see all y'all not next week but the week after when we get back here enjoy your vacation neil come back with a nice tan and until next time, as always, everyone, stay healthy, happy, safe, and blessed, and fins up all day, every day.